This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. All right. Uh, but off the top in this hour, I uh, wanted to talk about the idea of bailing out the media, as in government bailing out the media. Is that needed? Does that make any sense? And how exactly would that work? Who counts as media? Uh, It certainly seems as though the federal government is inching in that direction and also seems as though, at least as it's being framed, maybe we're talking more so about newspapers than any other sector of the economy. Which I'm not sure is is fair in a lot of ways, but I don't know that a lot of companies are really up there looking for a handout. Maybe there are ways the government could get out of the way so that media companies, other businesses too, can, can thrive. Do we really need a bailout? Now, recently, of course, we had the prime minister reject the idea of an internet tax. That was something the Commons Heritage Committee had proposed as a way of generating money for basically a media bailout. So even though they rejected the tax, they didn't reject the idea of a bailout. And a lot of people think something is coming. In what form, we don't yet know. All right. Well, our next guest has a lot to say about it. Jesse Brown is a media critic. Uh, he writes uh, Canada Land podcasts as well. Canada Land, CanadaLandShow.com. Joins us on the line here this afternoon. Jesse, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Uh, on the question of whether we're likely to see something, I know Trudeau had ruled out an internet tax to fund uh, a bailout of sorts, but do you think there, there's going to be something at some point? That's what I'm hearing. Uh, that's what a couple of people who are involved with the process tell me, that uh, the government would not have commissioned this extensive study and, um, you know, asked for proposals about bailing out the news media if they weren't prepared to actually go ahead and bail out the news media. I think uh, Andrew Coyne reported that he was hearing the same things. He said this is a done deal and the fix is in. And do you think something like this is needed or how do you come at the question yourself? Well, there's no question that the the news media is in terrible shape in Canada and that we're seeing uh, reporting jobs disappear. And I I appreciate that, like, we're in crisis, and this question that is uh, uh, causing a lot of anxiety is is based on real stuff. Are there going to be reporters to do just the the bare bones, like shoe leather reporting, keeping track of city councils, what are our elected leaders doing, are they giving themselves big raises and giving contracts to their cousin, will anyone be watching? That's a problem, Uh, and we're we're getting close to uh, the possibility of the post-media bankruptcy, so the biggest newspaper chain in the country, uh, you know, it's not it's not looking good for them. So the problem is real. Um, it's 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 the solution that's the problem, <laughs> or the new problem. Right. You know, and it's interesting because it's not as though Canadians aren't consuming news. Uh, Canadians consume an overwhelming amount of news, and maybe their their habits are changing. So, how much of this is a conversation though about the changing face of the media and you know newspapers in particular? I think that that's a big part of it. Is uh, we have more news options never before many of us read more news never before uh no one is doing without when it comes to you know uh what to read about it's uh there are certain parts of the kind of the news journalism ecosystem that are that are not being served well by this new incredible ability we have to to read it. hundreds of articles from hundreds of sources every day it's that hyper local stuff um that is most endangered now I have a bit of a different perspective on this. A lot of people uh, look at the situation in Canada and they look at post-media failure and they throw up their hands and say, well, I guess local news doesn't pay or people aren't willing to pay for local news. 
Uh, I, don't, I don't think that's the situation at all. When you have a company like Post Media still taking up space in in so many communities, uh, they are they have a presence, they have a paper, but they're not doing their jobs. They've cut so many reporting jobs that that the reporting isn't getting done. But their continued existence in those markets, they're still publishing papers in those markets. It makes it impossible for entrepreneurs, journalists, maybe laid off post media employees from launching a new thing. And I think that. If you approach Canadians who are without local news coverage and say, hey, I'm your friendly neighborhood reporter, uh, how about five bucks a month for me to keep an eye on our local legislature? Uh, I think that you'll find that, you know, one out of 10 people will do it. It's only because we have these legacy companies that are being propped up. You know, Post Media is is, uh, completely indebted to these hedge funds, these vulture funds. Um, there are, you know, the idea of, of a government subsidy keeping them on further life support, I think, would only block innovation. People will pay for news. People pay my company voluntarily to do our news reporting because we talk about the media. We, we, we cover an area that mainstream media has a blind spot in. So we were able to come in and say, hey, somebody needs to cover this stuff. Will you pay us to do so? And people responded. So do you think, even though this is being packaged as um, assisting the media, that, that it's more about bailing out some of the more traditional newspaper companies? Yeah, I mean, this is the part that people need to keep a very close eye on. We have this lobby group that uh, a year ago they were called Newspapers Canada. They changed their name to News Media Canada, and now they say we represent the, uh, the, the, uh, the, uh, the digital media of Canada as well as print media. No digital media companies, native digital media companies, and there are dozens of new digital media companies that cover news and do journalism. None of us are in this lobby group. This is a newspaper lobby group that is presenting itself as the voice of digital media in Canada. They are the ones who put forth this proposal for this $350 million a year ongoing government subsidy, which seems like it's engineered Surprise, surprise, a plan from the newspaper industry seems like it's going to benefit the newspaper industry. And there's all kinds of areas and exclusions where it cuts out upstart, startup, digital native companies like my own. Well, as you say, I mean, uh, these newspapers and, and all of us in media, I mean, we, we cover the government. I, I think certainly there's a concern about um, having to be too reliant on governments. Conversely, though, what what's in it for the liberals? Why would they want to do this? You know, I think that uh, the liberals look at what is on the horizon, which is a breakdown of the communication system that the traditional media provides. And even if you've got the post media and post media endorsed conservatives and, and, you know, in elections and, you know, the liberals are no fans of post media, but it's the devil. They know, they know that they can, that whether or not post media leans right or left post media is traditional media. It can be counted on if they want to give an interview, if they want to get a message out, they can call up uh, reporters and there's a level of, uh, you know, part of it is based on journalist accountability. These are professionals who do their jobs to a certain standard. And part of it is that they're just sort of part of the machine. They're a known entity. So the government considers a future where it's just a chaotic free-for-all and we, they see things like Ezra Levant's rebel media and they see things maybe like Canada Land and they see dozens of other uh, news companies and they think, wow, we could really lose control of, uh, of, of communication and messaging in Canada. Who, you know, post media might not be perfect for our purposes, but they're way better than what's in the mystery box. Um, and I think it, it must be said that if post media 
and all the other papers are, are beholden to government for their very existence, that only increases uh, the liberal government and future government's ability to uh, have there be an unspoken understanding that, uh, you know, there are lines you can't cross. Right. But I think you make an interesting point that there are media who have uh, who have evolved, who have figured out a, a way to be successful and others who have haven't. That, that what message does it send to companies who are have evolved and are thriving in this new media environment uh, that the government's just going to come in anyway and once again level the playing field? It doesn't, doesn't do much for innovation, does it? Well, it's actually uh, quite a big threat to a company like mine. Now, and people, you know, said, oh, you just want the money for yourself. We are funded <laughs> by our audience. And so Canada Land won't take government money. We don't think people should pay for us twice. So even if this goes through and we are eligible, we're not taking it. So that's the situation we're in. But we're still uh, at risk uh, because of this. Because even if we are able to maintain profitability and not take government subsidies, um, when you underwrite the Globe and Mail, let's say, or any of these other papers, they all make podcasts. Canada Land is uh, primarily a podcasting company. And... The Globe and Mail is making podcasts and they're trying to sell ads on their podcasts. If they're getting tens or even like $100 million from the government every year, it's a trivial matter for them to undercut us on advertising rates. I mean, CBC already does it. Right. Uh, another ta- taxpayer-funded uh, competitor of ours, um, I, I support the CBC, but I don't support their ability to compete with me and undercut me on advertising rates using my own tax dollars. So here you have, like, we're, we're, we're a profitable little company, but we're tiny. So we're like a tenacious little gnat, and any of these huge newspaper chains, if they thought that we were pesky or threatened them in any way, could step into our business model and drive down advertising rates, make it impossible for us to survive, um, and basically control the marketplace that way. Do you think that the government approach to this, the government response to this, should be a hands-off? Say, look, you guys figure it out, and uh, hopefully things work out. Or do, do you see a different way that either through removing barriers or through regulation, even protectionist regulation, that there's a different way of trying to help the media if the government's determined to do that? Absolutely. There's some low-hanging fruit. I mean, first, they could get out of the way even more. Right now in Canada, one way that uh, journalism is taking place in the States that can't happen here in Canada is through charities and nonprofits. Uh, that's one viable model. There's a bunch of cool examples like ProPublica in the States. In Canada, there are weird tax laws that uh, prevent a charitable organization from engaging in journalism. And so we haven't seen that sector thrive. Hmm. We also, I think, uh, another uh, suggestion that's been put out there is since we already have government-supported news through the CBC, why don't we focus our efforts there and reimagine and revisit CBC's mandate? Get them out of the sitcom business, the reality TV business, Put them in the news business first and foremost, especially regional, local news. And then, and here's the great part that could actually help stimulate a journalism industry in Canada. Uh, if, if the CBC's content, if they were not allowed to sell advertising against it, against their digital content, and they were required to make their journalism available for others to uh, build on and reuse under an open license so that a, a company that wanted to do further reporting or do opinion stuff based on CBC stuff. Uh, basically, it was a, a, you know, public news for people to use, not to, to you know, uh, deprive them of credit or to, or to skew what they're doing, but to take the reporting itself, credit it, and build upon it. That would be huge for, uh, for new entrepreneurial news efforts in Canada. Yeah. Well, some great ideas. I guess we'll see what happens in the coming weeks here. More at CanadaLandShow.com. Jesse, I always love having you. Thanks so much for joining us here. Thanks for your interest. Good talking to you.
All right, likewise, there you go. Jesse Brown at CanadaLandShow.com. His thoughts on the idea of a bailout and maybe what the government could be doing instead if it's determined to do something. And I like the idea of private foundations being able to to sponsor journalism, if that's something they want to do. Uh, so, some, you know, you look at certainly newspapers, uh, what they're going through, right? But that's not the entire media story. Uh, it is a tough go. I do wonder, though, if uh, the CBC is undermining private media to some extent, as Jesse Brown laid out. I think that's a valid point, too. Uh, but this text from Bob it says, well, what about the 2,900 people at Sears are going to be losing their jobs in the coming months? Should the government bail them out, too? Right? That's a fair question to ask. Uh, it's important, I think, for Canadians to be informed and know what's going on in their cities, their province, their country. That's also important that people be able to buy things, right? I mean, you, you can make an argument for any of these companies that they provide something of value. I mean, it's kind of funny that no one has called for a bailout of Sears, given what's happened with Bombardier repeatedly, what happened with the auto companies, etc. So it is odd how government likes to pick and choose what companies or what sectors to get involved in. But I think there's a risk, right? Because it does oppose a conflict of interest if we're there to hold government to account. And they're giving us money. That's that's kind of awkward, isn't it? Anyway, 974-TALK, 974-8255. Uh, we'll come back more time for your calls and your texts here. Stay with us. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.